0: We are in Genesis chapter 5, verses 18 to 24. When Jared had lived, or let's stand in God's honor. Excuse me, I'm getting here jumping ahead of myself here, aren't I? When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Although together, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for reminding us of Enoch. Father, what does it mean to walk closely with you? May we take some time to examine that wonderful thought. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There are two guys, both their names started with the letter E, who didn't go through death like the rest of mankind. There was a guy named Elijah. Remember, he he did it in a kind of a showy way, left out on a flaming chariot. Wow, can you imagine what Hollywood might be able to do with that concept of a flaming chariot? And then there was Enoch. As I think about Enoch, it said that he walked with God, and then he was no more. And I thought, what must that have been like? His relationship with God was so close that he just skipped death, just went on to be with God. Talk about a close walk! Think about that. How to have a walk with God that's just—it's just so natural that. It's just kind of like stepping into the home. Such a close walk uh, came through many, many years. And uh, it comes through getting to know somebody. Spending that key time with them. I, I thought I'd have a little fun with this. I looked through here and I found, you know, sending the very best Hallmark's picture of cards and their favorite sayings, well, Somebody has composed this as the list of cards you'll never see Hallmark deliver. You know, it's kind of like trying to say what it's like to be close to somebody by, te- by telling you what not to do. So uh, have a little fun with this list here. Looking back over the years that we've been together, I can't help but wonder, what was I thinking? And we'll find that one. I've always wanted to have someone to hold, someone to love. After having met you, I've changed my mind. Ouch. As the days go by, I think of how lucky I am that you're not here to ruin it for me. Yeah, that's bad. As you grow older, Mom, I think of all the gifts you've given me, like the need for therapy. (laughs) Yeah, don't give that to Mom. Um, You look great for your age, almost lifelike. (laughs) When we were together, you always said you'd die for me. Now that we've broken up, I think it's time you kept your promise. Oh boy, we've been friends for a very long time. What do you say we call it quits? I'm so miserable without you. It's almost like you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that terrible? One more. You are such a good friend that if we were on a sinking ship and there was only one life jacket, I'd miss you and think of you often. (laughs) Enoch had a type of relationship with God that was real, that was genuine. It wasn't something that he dreaded, but something that was a part of his life for 300 years. Now, just a few thoughts of this. Walking with God implies a spiritual mindset. If you're walking with God, you're listening to his voice. You become familiar with God. You enjoy being with God. Um, Colossians 3 verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above. Not on earthly things. Part of walking with God. Is developing thinking. That's not stinking thinking. As some people call it. But thinking on things that last forever. And what lasts forever? Well God. His word. And people. It is developed for that type of thinking. That's got a, a thoughts on what really lasts. Not on what is, is passing. And moving quickly. But what is eternal. Eternal. And um, so often we get sidetracked, and our walk with God is is hurt, it's damaged, and and usually that doesn't happen with the big things. Usually, when we move away from God, it's 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 not that we intended to move far away from God, but it's more like a gentle erosion that happens so slowly that you wonder why all of a sudden there's a spiritual landslide. And you ask, how did I ever get here? How did I ever get so far away from where I intended to be? Well, it was a slow erosion. It was something that, that, that happened over such a long period of time. By not walking closely with God. Not keeping our, our, our thoughts on what matters. On God and His Word and what lasts. Proverbs 5, 21 and 22 says, For a man's ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines all of his paths the evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him the cords of his sin hold him fast and so the picture is that the lord sees it lord knows what's going on in our lives and when we're doing what goes against him it's like a trap and and then the trap you can't get away and it says the cords of his sin it's like being bound Held fast. Not able to get free. And, and it, 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 it happens over time. And it happens when bad choices are, are followed. Instead of turning and listening to God. You know rather than try to give a list of sins. Which we always have an incomplete list. right? Now, but there is a description. Of the heart of sin. That's found in the book of 1 John. And I encourage you to turn there with me to. Book of First John, chapter 2. It's verses 15 and 16. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the first thought here, before I go on to verse 16, is where the world is cherished, where that is our greatest pursuit, the love of God is absent. We don't know the fullness of His blessing. We're not able to see clearly His love for us, and to experience the fullness of His love for us when our when our our, our whole pursuit is for this world system, uh, for you know that thrill that leaves God out. And he he begins as he speaks there in the next verse in describing that. He says, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man. The cravings here is just a it's a picture that the motto would be, I got to have it now. I can't wait for it. I got to taste it now. I've got to experience it this moment. That's a that's a motto. You better watch out when when there's this burning lust and in order to consume something and you don't worry about the consequences, how this might hurt you or how it might hurt somebody else. And if you've got to have it now, you better examine it pretty closely. Because there's a good chance that it's going to bring some pain. He moves on here from there and he says the lust of his eyes. The eyes uh, are the windows to the soul. As you're able to see the eyes and to look, you see, it takes light to see. Here's what Jesus had to say. This is from Luke 11, 33-35. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they're unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. And and so the challenge is, God, what am I looking at? Where where do I spend my time viewing? What do my eyes see? Is it glorifying you or is it not? And and as it speaks to the lust of the eyes, it's talking about lust, it's talking about a passion that leaves God out, makes promises that cannot be kept. Promises that end up leading to despair instead of to really fulfillment because God alone does that. And then notice this uh, third part here. It says in uh, this translation, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. I think in the updated NIV, if some of y'all are using that, it says pride of life. I kind of like this older one better that I learned it out of boasting of what one has and does. Look at what I have. Look at what I'm doing. You know, Look at me, look at me, look at me. He says, Man, that's the kind of stuff that leaves God out because it puts you on the pedestal. It puts you on the throne. I love Max Lucado in one of his books. He said, you know, as far as the universe goes, if we compare to ourselves, God is the sun. He is the one who creates the light and we're like a moon. We reflect the light. We were never made... To merely give out the light. We were made to reflect the light. We're not God. But God lives in us. And the glory of Jesus Christ. Is to reflect out of us. To a world that that needs to know him. Bruce Ferris wrote that. Christian life is like a rudder of a ship. Whether the flesh or the spirit controls the rudder. Determines which course you take. Where you end up traveling to. Next verse from Amos chapter three, verse three in the Old Testament. The prophet says, "Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Uh, two cannot walk together if they're going different directions. You have to go together the same direction." Um, I, I can't remember who it was. One of the old, I think it was Cotton Mather. He had said, if you haven't seen the devil lately, maybe the two of you are running the same direction. But with God, are you walking in His direction? It, it, takes, it takes submitting to God. It takes being willing to listen to His voice. It, it, takes, it takes being willing to, to follow Him and, and as you walk with Him because He's God. It's not up to God to change. It's up to, to us to change, to become more familiar with His ways. Because as we walk with it, it implies progress and growth. That that it's movement. that, That he's doing something in our lives. That he's drawing us to him. And of course, that ultimate goal is to look like Jesus. And as we walk with God, he does that work. And, you know, I really think it's the kind of thing you're not aware of. I mean, it just doesn't sound God if I'm sitting around thinking, I want to look like Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. And do I look like Jesus? Do I? You know, I don't think that's the way it works. I think as we keep our eyes on him, He beautifully starts changing us. And we're not even aware of it. As He does His powerful work in us. You know, walking is just a metaphor for that daily living for Him. Listen to it. This is from Psalm 73, uh, 23-26 of the ancient songwriter. I think it speaks so beautifully of, of the kind of life that would walk with God. That longs for God. It says, Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you'll take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion. You know, it's interesting as we look at this section of Scripture, walking with God back to Genesis chapter 5. You know, we, we talk a lot about the fact that he walked with God 300 years. But as we read the verse here, it says, verse 21, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So there were 65 years there where the implication is he didn't walk with God. He didn't always have it together. There were 65 years where he didn't know God. or if he knew God, it was a glimpse and nothing intimate, nothing that was closed. Something happened, though, when he had a child. There is a way that can help your prayer life, (laughs) if you're a parent. But there's also a way that you realize, oh God, I love this child, and I can't even put it in words, how much I love this child. And then you think, that's how he loves us. But then you also think, when they make you so mad, you could just, you know, as I used to say in my film, just spit, because you're so mad, and you think, wow, sometimes God really has to put up with and there's this connection that happens in a parent-child relationship. And it's very humbling. Because, you know, I've always said when you become a parent, it forces you to grow up. I mean, somebody's got to grow up. And, and, and there's that picture that's learned. And, and, and I, I believe that was possibly what happened with Enoch in his life. You know, this child comes along and there's a change. There's a transformation as he begins to look at, at the parallel of, of, of God. Child, and and I'm his child, and and, and this is a child. And what all this is, and God, this is a picture of you and and, and your love for me and and, and what you're up to, Lord, as you do your work. And he walked by faith. He walked by faith. Turn me to uh, uh, Hebrews 11. I'm all tongue-tied here tonight. Hebrews 11, verse 5, which has a reference to Enoch. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was taken, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Commended as one who pleased God. He had a life of faith. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. and Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Not haphazardly but have a heart to seek him. That's the one he rewards. The person of faith. You know I read a, a interesting story as I was studying for this message. I talked about a young pianist. That was very gifted. And he went to study. Uh, and uh, he was well praised. And when people would hear him play in his recitals, everyone was amazed with his ability to play. And, you know, those who listened were just in awe of just the passion and, and the accuracy and, and of, his, of the notes and, and, and the beauty of the music. But what they didn't know was that he had a hearing problem. And he could hear notes on the low end of the scale, but he couldn't hear many of the high notes. And there was actually, you know, a whole section of the keyboard he couldn't even hear at all. And, and so the reason he was able to play it, it wasn't just because of, obviously, of his hearing. He had to uh, he had to uh, be validated by other sources. He learned the music from the printed score as he read the music. He He knew what key that had to be played. He he knew what chord that had to be played on the piano. He had the directives of his teacher and his coach who who would cue him in in other ways to let him know. And then by the touch of his fingertips and the sense of vibration as he played. And all this together allowed him to play beautiful music. and and, And many times it was music he couldn't even hear. But it was beautiful and people were in awe of it because he played it by faith. He had worked and then he just played even though he wasn't even sure of the sound. And you know, as I thought of that, I thought, boy, how often in our walk with God, we we know that to walk with God is a beautiful music, but there's so much of it that we can't really hear or we can't understand, or we can't grasp. And God just tells us, take the directive of my word and the following of your coach, the Holy Spirit, who leads and and who guides and and who directs. And and as you follow that score sheet, the scriptures, and and as you walk with me, beautiful music will flow out of your life. And, And you might not even be able to hear it, but those around you, Are able to hear the music of Jesus in your heart and your life. Walking by faith means living life in light of eternal consequences. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Walking with God is a place of safety in that no better place to be than in the center of his will. It doesn't mean there won't be danger. <laughs> but it does mean that we won't cause the danger. When we begin to worry about what other people think and when we leave God out of our lives when we make decisions, it, it can be a trap. And, and we can find ourselves hurt and wounded. And, and, and the truth of the matter is it's not for our good. Whereas God says that those who love him it's for our good. As he is at work. And, and, and as he guides us. And as he leads us. As, as we follow him. As, as we obey him. As as we seek to follow him by faith. And um, to walk with him. And one last thing here. Uh, back to Genesis 5. He walked consistently. By faith. 300 years it says that he walked with God. I mean, I'm thinking 300 years. I'm thinking 300 days. Some, sometimes I think 300 hours. Sometimes 300 minutes. Some days we may feel like 300 seconds, huh? But it's a life that's consistent. It's 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 not a walk that's always on the mountain. But it's a walk that's always with the Lord. It's not a walk that's always full of joy in the sense that people see us always smiling and all happy. I remember up when I was in college, I won't mention name because, you know, there's always somebody knows the name, mention name. There was this girl and she, in the campus ministries at our college, she was always in charge of the music. and You know, beautiful young lady, but she drove me nuts because she was always, always bubbly. And I mean, oh, and if you didn't have this, you know, just, oh, I just wanted to say, just stop it. I just don't want to grin. I just just don't want to do it. Um, But it's a consistent walk. Whether I feel like grinning or not, it's a joy that's, I mean, hopefully it's on my face, but it's beyond what's on my face. It's what's in my heart. It's, It's a fact that, man, I don't like being here. But I know God's here with me. It's 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 that kind of walk. It, back in 1522, you guys heard of Martin Luther, a great reformer. He did a funeral for a guy by the name of Zwickau. And in the funeral he said, What we preach, he lived. That'd be a pretty cool thing on my tombstone. That wouldn't be... Oh. I couldn't imagine putting it there, though. (laughs) What we preach, he lived. It's consistency. It's through the years. And, you know, I know you feel like I do. I look back and some of the Christians that just bless me are the ones I have watched for so many years that just kept plugging for Jesus. Um, You know, I had several of those that, that have through the years that have died and i've just so missed them i had one friend i had told y'all i guess about a year ago or 2 years ago i don't know i lose track of time bob Boggs my buddy and I, he's he died he was in early 80s but i'd call him up and i just couldn't help but love bob sometimes i'd call bob up and i'd just want to grumble you ever, you, you ever just want to grumble well don't come to me no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I called Bob up and, and, and you know, I'd just kind of, I'd vent a little bit. And Bob would say, it's okay. You know, and I know you're struggling, but those people that you're struggling with, aren't they lucky to have you in their lives? Now, how do you stay mad with someone, he's just such an encourager, man. And you get off the phone and you think, wow, what an encourager. And I thought, Lord, I need to learn from this. People like that are a treasure. And it's just consistent walk. I don't think that kind of stuff happens overnight. I think it happens through a period of time as people just continue to walk with Jesus. Luke 9, 23, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It's that daily choice. It's that day after day, year after year. It's, you know, Frank Sinatra's song, I did it my way. It's Enoch's song was, I'll do it his way. And It's that picture, Lord, I want to do it your way. Close with these words of A.W. Tozer. Enoch's daily walk was a walk of faith. A walk of fellowship with God. What the scriptures are trying to say to us is this. If Enoch could live and walk with God by faith. In the midst of his sinful generation. We likewise should be able to follow his example. Because the human race is the same. And God is the same. Let's pray. Lord. Lord. Oh, Father, may we walk with you. I think, Lord, in this crazy mixed up world. And it's easy to get kind of down as I look around. And I'm sure we all feel this way sometimes. And it seems like there's a lot of people who aren't listening to you and following you. And I think, am I on my high horse? God help me. And then, Father, I think, you know, people just need to see Jesus. And I don't know why, but you've chosen to work through weak people. Father, uh, may Jesus be seen in me. And each one here, Father, my prayer is just that people will see Jesus. Because, God, that's what they need. They need you. And so help us, Father, to walk with you, that people might see you. And, Lord, as we think of Enoch, he did it for a very long time. And I pray, God, that you would just continue to work in us. And, Father, that we would just keep walking with you. And that you'd work in spite of us, Lord, for your glory, to bring you honor, to bring you praise. Father, that we might become the kind of people that are described in Philippians two fourteen and 15 that says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. <laughs> Father, may we shine because we've been with you. As we come to a time to respond, Lord, just look in our hearts. Show us what we need and give us courage to step out in faith to follow you. In Christ's name we pray.